Welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast, where we offer solutions to the obstacles you face when it comes to achieving your health and fitness goals. As a married couple who's lost a combined weight of 100 kilograms and 11 clothes sizes, our raw, real, and relatable stories will show you the path you must walk to achieve, and more importantly, maintain the results you know you can reach, because we know it works. So get ready to share the success and show the results with your hosts, Matt and Courtney. Hello and welcome to today's episode on all things training. Well, some things training. Yes. Today's episode is going to be about the benefits of structured training. Mm, something we can attest to mm. since we teach it. And we've done it for a long time. I'm coming up on 20 years. Yeah. Oof. Crazy. Oof. You're beyond 10. Nah, about 10. No, you're beyond 10. Okay, I'm beyond 10. Well, we met, we met and you started over 10 years ago. I thought it was 10 years this year. No, 11 years almost then. Mm. Wow, have we been together almost 11 years? No, but we've known each other almost 11 years. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Crazy. Indeed. So let's jump in and set a standard scene for what you see at gyms. Mm-hmm. Still, yes, and you you can probably attest to this yourself, Courtney. It's easy to see who's going through this at the gym. Yes. So let's say you've decided that okay, you know what? I'm feeling motivated this week. Mm, I might go to the gym. It's been a been a while, been a couple of weeks for a couple of months. I'm feeling up and about this week. Let's go down there. So you walk through the door. You've got your towel, you've got your drink bottle, you may have your headphones on. You should have your headphones on. You really should <laughs> have your headphones on. And you get into the gym, you hit the gym floor. Hmm. What am I going to do today? Mm. I suppose that might depend on what's available, won't it? Yes. Like, oh, hmm. The leg press is available. No one's using it. Oh, hmm. That's too hard. I'm not feeling that. That one today, I might just do some easy stuff. I'll, I'll jump on the treadmill, go for a walk. You know, next time I come down here, I might just mix it up. I'll do something different. What that something might be, I don't know. I'll decide when I get there. We have another word or term for that. Mm. Instead of mixing it up, we also call it winging it. Indeed. What does winging it mean? Winging it, I think it's pretty self-evident, but winging it basically means that you have no structure. So you're you're basically just deciding when you get to the gym what you feel like working out rather than what's on your plan to work out. Have you been guilty of winging it? Oh, yeah. Can you elaborate? Well, before I met you, I used to go to the gym and I would have every intention of going to do something different and I just never would. I was too afraid to use any of the machinery that I didn't know well. So I'd end up just getting there and whatever I'd planned to do would go out the window and I'd just walk on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, th- I think for me mine was always falling back into winging it, not necessarily for what I felt like doing but out of anxiety to try something new. That could be the same problem though, can't and it? it's still the same problem because I put no effort into learning at the time how to use anything else or try to step outside my comfort zone to do anything else. I would just go there with every intention to doing something and then I would get there and be like, oh, no, I'll just do this. Mm-hmm. How'd it go? Yeah, not well. <laughs> Didn't make any gains, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. I've been guilty of it, rocking up and it's like, what am I going to do once I get there? Yeah. That's, of course, when I actually got there because it was also massive inconsistency. I think when winging it, winging it comes to like when we talk about it in terms of weights as well, it's not yeah. just winging it in terms of the exercises that you choose to do, but because you've got no structure, you're also winging the weight you choose. So you're also, because you don't know, because maybe you haven't done that exercise for a long time or you don't remember it from when you did it last, it's not written down. And you certainly don't record it, yeah. You just you just pick a weight. Can you see it now? Like 10 plus years into structured training for yourself, can you see this happening 
in a gym? Oh, yeah. Said a lot. But what are the giveaways for you when, when you can tell that someone's just flying by the seat of their pants? Usually walk and they do a, a couple of laps of the gym looking at a couple of different pieces of equipment before they decide to sit down on one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's usually one big giveaway. You can tell the difference in that between somebody who's looking for the right piece of equipment that they're meant to find yep. versus somebody who is just going to pick something. Um, you can also tell because someone might sit on a piece of equipment and maybe do one rep and then decide it's not for them and walk away, and go hmm. to something else. Hmm. Um, you would also see, you know, if it's like a couple, like maybe not necessarily a like a gym buddy couple, yeah, um, who you know, walk around with like talking to each other about what they feel like doing. Um, should we do arms today? Should we do legs? So, you know, if they're having that discussion about what area of the body they should work out, that they're probably going to wing it once they get into their workout. Um, I'll, t- I'll tell you one that I see. It's a, it's a subtle one, but you can pick it. It's when someone uses the exact same weight, say, say pair of dumbbells to do multiple different exercises. Oh, Yeah. And it's like, hang on, wait, wait. If you can use this pair of dumbbells to do shoulder press. to do bicep curls and <laughs> squats, <laughs> you're missing a trick here because you're either going too hard for your biceps or you're way underworking your legs. Yes. In fact, I saw it at the gym this morning. Did you? When I was there, it's like, mm, you're just being random, aren't you? Yeah. Because there's no way these different muscle groups have the exact same strength. So just calm yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, the worst part of it is, so you just described, Courtney, the, the gym buddy situation. Yeah. The worst thing of that is when you see that the gym buddy is a personal trainer. Mm. Now, this we see all too often. Yes. So when you see this winging and happening under the supervision of a PT, like I'm not going to get too caught up in it here needless to say it is kind of offensive frustrating in its own way actually that's a better word frustrating because well i suppose it's also in one way it's beneficial because if you're listening have a personal trainer at your gym and this is what happens the decision is made on the day of what you're going to be doing that is a surefire way to know that your pt is actually stealing your money yes so if the person that you're paying to guide you is guessing, which is what winging it is. It's a form of guessing, just random bullshit guesswork. If they're doing that, well, what chance do you have? Mm. Not much. So let's let's break down, Courtney, why a, a lack of structure in training is really a bad thing. Yes. So let's go through through the, the points that we've we've noted down here for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Would you like to kick us off? I can. Um, So the first point is that, well, to the answer of why is this approach a bad thing? Yeah. uh, Because it doesn't allow you to build the habits of regular exercise as you aren't being held accountable. Aren't is a funny word. (laughs) Sorry. Well, you're not being held accountable to or by anything. Yes. So you're just just doing it when you feel like it. Yeah. So the thing is, as you know, Courtney, through your own experience – Getting stronger, getting fitter, whatever whatever the outcomes we desire from exercise might be, virtually impossible without this little thing called consistency. Mm-hmm. Consistency comes through building a habit. Yes. So if we're unstructured, it's hard to build a habit. Mm-hmm. And I sort of touched on that in my rather sarcastic opening to this whole episode of, you know, I'm going to go to the gym this week because this week I feel motivated. Well, that's not going to, that's not going to help. Now, the thing is as well, if you're the sort of person who is intimidated by gyms, and I've been there, you clearly have been there, Courtney, hence the, the good old treadmill days. Having, having a lack of consistency and not having just a habit compounds the issue because you haven't got a plan to follow to incentivize you to build a habit. And you'll tend to find with people, the main reason that people are intimidated by gyms is because no one's actually shown or taught them what to do. Mm. 
that's the, that's the biggest issue that I've seen in my experience above all else is I just don't know what to do in there. And that's one of the benefits of having a set structure and a set plan is, well, okay, you, you almost narrow your focus. Yes. Because it's one thing to walk into a gym and just be overwhelmed by just hundreds of pieces of equipment, weights, barbells, dumbbells, kettlebells, TRX bands, cables, like machines. What, what, the, what the hell? And having a set plan and a set structure can obviously help to narrow that focus and go, well, hang on, I'm just doing this. Mm-hmm. Which I've found for me personally and with clients as well, lowers the intimidation factor because, well, I'm just doing this today. Yeah. And I am truly the belief that as a result of lacking in structure and a set plan and a path to follow with your training, it can prevent you from developing confidence in the gym. And you, Courtney, are a really good example of how this can be turned around and improved for the better, where you said it yourself, when you, used to, when you first started going to gyms, you had all the great intentions in the world and wound up on the same bloody treadmills walking the same way all the time. Yeah. How is it now when you go into a gym? Oh, much more confident. I mean, I don't even think about it. Mm. I just walk into the gym and I go and do what I need to get done. How did you find, so when you and I first met and we're like, okay, here's the plan we're going to be following, here's the, here's the structure, how did that sit with you? Oh, I think when you first presented it to me, I was excited about it. Why? I think because I finally un- like knew I was going to be able to be shown how to do things. I mean, I was still nervous. It was a nervous excitement, right? Because yep. you're still nervous about the unknown. I didn't know how coordinated I was going to be at doing those movements. I don't know. didn't know how long it was going to take me to pick them up. Mm. I'm not someone who enjoys learning new things because I like just to be good at something. Um, Living the dream there. Well, it's just a personality trait. Mm. I didn't say it was a good one. Yep. But it... Um, so there's still that nervousness, but I was definitely excited about it as well because I was excited because I knew that once I knew what I was doing, I would feel much better about more capable. Like I wanted that empowered, capable feeling. Great word. That empowered. I didn't that I didn't have. How soon did did you start to feel those feelings of empowerment and capabilities? Really quickly, actually. I think I was I was lucky in a way because I feel like my coordination was was there from really early on. So I was able to pick up the movements. I was able to understand the cues. I was able to understand the feeling of the movement. Yes, it took me a while to really get my, understand what the different muscles were supposed to feel like in different positions. Mm. Like That still takes time. Mm. But in terms of my coordination and my feeling capable to do those movements came really quickly. So for me, that, that increased my confidence really early on. It goes a long way, mm-hmm. that's for sure. And so you've you've touched on it yourself nicely there, Courtney, as well. Like having having that structure to show you what you're capable of. How do you find your strength has progressed as a result? Oh, an overall physical ability, you might say, not just strength. Oh, no, I couldn't even put that into into. I don't know how to even describe that. It's it's gone up immensely. Okay. Like just the feel, like how capable I feel, how strong I feel. Um, yeah. There's not many things now that I feel like I can't do. Really? In terms of in the gym. Really? Yeah, and there's always going to be weight limitations. I mean, I'm a, I'm a female. There's no, there's you, no um, go, getting no, around that. Go above that. You're a human. We've all got our limits. We've all got limits. Yeah. Yes, outside of a sex I've got I'm, I'm shorter than some women. You know, my limbs are shorter. You know, there's always going to be differences, no matter mm. whether you're male, female, and then around that, your body shape, your body type, everything. Mm-hmm. But I think I definitely feel I can go into the gym and pretty much do anything. How do you think things would have gone without that structure that you initially shown and put through? Oh, if I was left with an unstru- I, I honestly don't even know if I would have even en- still entered the gym, yeah. that that part of the gym space. So the weight training part of the gym space, I'm not sure I even still would have entered there. Hmm. 
without that confidence and structure because I think with structure comes confidence because with structure comes habits like you mentioned and then once things become habitual you practicing them more and then you become more confident at achieving them Mm -hmm. and then once I was confident I mean yes it always helped because I had you as my trainer so when you've got a trainer standing next to you it does add a a heightened level of confidence in what you're doing but on uh, back in those early days I only worked out with you Matt twice a week and I did the third workout by myself Mm -hmm. from day one so I was still having to work out by myself from week one of working with you so I really only had that extra heightened confidence with you in the gym next to me for two of those three workouts. So for that third one I did by myself, though I still found my confidence really quickly because of the structure. So it made it less frightening for me because I knew the exercises I had to do. Was that third day the intense cardio day? No, it was. We ended up doing three days, Mm. but when I first started it was two, and I think it was an upper body day. Mm-hmm. Maybe back day or something like that that I did by myself. Okay, yeah. But it didn't last long because then we ended up going to three days together. But mm-hmm. it was at the very start. I was yep. I was two. Yep. But I think for me it just gave me confidence because when I walked in there I knew what I was going to do. Because I think part of the uncomfortableness for me was just not knowing what to do, being feeling like I was going to look like a fool. You know, be someone that goes up to the machine and doesn't know how to use it properly. Be that person. Be that person. So part of the <laughs> early days for me, part of the the structure came confidence that I didn't have to feel like I was going to look silly because I was doing the same movements every week. Mm-hmm. And I knew what I had to do and I didn't have to worry that I didn't know how to use the other machines. Like I wasn't going in there to use them. So all I had to know was the the four or five exercises that were on my plan that's all I had to know Mm -hmm. so it definitely gave me the more structure gave me more confidence in terms of what I was doing you are on the money I'm currently looking at your first ever weights program are you did you just pull that up on your computer sure did because I hoard everything Everything. you know what I'm like I have a bit of OCD with that what was it chest uh push pull legs yeah push pull legs yeah so um Chest A, flat barbell bench press, incline barbell bench press, standing cable crossovers, barbell shoulder press and dips. Back day, barbell deadlift, lat pull down, seated cable row, Swiss ball, single arm dumbbell rows. You're mean straight away. They are hard. You're mean. Wait till we get to leg day. Yeah. And of course, bicep curls. Of course. Don't miss them. every, Every day is bicep day. Leg day, barbell squats, barbell split squats, speaking of mean. Mm-hmm. Stiff leg a deadlift, standing calf press, and then something for your midsection. Mm-hmm. So everything's all there. So, yeah, you were correct. So what was two days with me and then one day by yourself? Just at the start. And, we were, and then we went to three days pretty quickly yeah. after that. I think you would have found then just being taught the overall structure of like the two days we had together gives you a bit of empowerment for the day by yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Which, by the way, I think is how it should be. I just, as a bit of a digression, I'm not a fan of long-term hand-holding for people. I'd rather, what's the phrase? If you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. If you teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. Yes, that is the same. I think think with it came really that the the confidence came for me when I knew what I was doing. Mm. But also I knew that every time I went in there by myself, I was doing the same thing. So I didn't have to worry about all the the, – the, it, it seemed like hundreds of exercises that everyone else was doing in the gym that yeah. I had no idea what they were doing. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to worry that about that because I knew they weren't on my plan, so I didn't have to learn them. Um, and I feel like you're less – in those early days as well, especially I was less tempted to go in there and worry about what other people were doing. Because I was just, I knew what the four exercises or the five exercises that I had to do. And I just went in there and did them and I left. And because I did the same ones over and over again, I was able to practice and get better and better and better and feel like I was getting better at those exercises. It's easier to focus when you know walking in that you don't have to pay attention to 97% 
of the equipment and machines in the gym because you're just using this little small handful yeah. over here. And funny enough, I was the same. When I first started at the gym, I wasn't afraid of the weights room. I knew I had to get in there, even though I felt really like a fish out of water. Getting into the weights room for me, you know, I wasn't afraid of going in there. I was just had no effing clue of what I was doing when I, once I was in there. And this went on for a very, very long time. So I would literally rock up and decide on the day what I was going to do. And I actually had a default similar in its own way to yourself, Courtney, where you go in with these intentions, land up, wind up on the treadmill. I would go in there thinking, say, I'm going to try this and this and this. And usually I would just do the exact same full body session that I did the last time I was there. Yeah. And this carried on for a while. And I was very, very fortunate that the, the first ever gym I started at seriously was like a local owned small gym where the owner also uh, worked the front desk mm. and knew all the members. And he realized that like clearly, clearly he knew at the time, like this dude's got no fucking idea and pulled me aside one day and he goes to me, I've got a question for you, Matt. And I said, what's that? His name's John. And if he's ever listening, like John, thanks. I owe you, I owe you forever. He goes, I got a question for you, Matt. And I said, what's that? He goes, what's your structure with your exercise? You know, my first response was, what do you mean? He goes, well, what do you do? When you, when you come down here, what, what's your plan? What do you do on certain days? I said, honestly, I don't have one. I just come down here and do what I think I can do and, and go home. And he offered to give me a structure. He'd email me a structure to follow. He said, if you, if you follow a structure, he said, watch how much you'll improve. And so he got me on, funnily enough, Courtney, a push-pull legs split, hmm. very similar to yours. And I can, I can tell you now, it, absolute revelation. Yeah. Long before I had any thoughts of, of doing it for a living myself, it was just like, oh, okay. Because he also said to me, like, hey, this is the split I want you to do and make, make sure you do certain things on certain days. So if you, want, if you want to do legs on Monday, make legs on Monday, Monday is leg day. Mm-hmm. And so I started following the structure. And just as you went through yourself, Courtney, when you and I met, just the way your your ability improves. Yeah. And which is where we're, we're getting back to, you know, talking about why lacking in structure is such a, a, a bad thing, for lack of a better word. It's because a lack of structure robs you of the ability to progress. Mm. And when I say progress from a training perspective, I'm talking about progressing your strength. It just removes it because if you're winging it and doing random body exercises, random sets, random reps, random weights, like that's not measurable. No. So you don't you, you don't know for sure if you're getting stronger. So it, it takes the that benefit away. Yes. But it also, I think, also robs you of your ability to progress things like your physical coordination, your overall skill as a a trainee in the gym. So coordination, flexibility that comes through, you know, improving at any given exercise, you improve your range of motion, you improve your flexibility, you improve your control. By not having structure, you also don't have improved functionality because again how can you measure yeah this can you think of any other downsides to just winging it i can i I can actually before you answer that question sorry courtney i can't think of a big one if you've got a pt the biggest downside is you're wasting your fucking money any time and time you'll never get back yeah i think that is a big one i think the i think the point that you pointed out with pro progression is a really good one because it's not just the strength, right? The strength and the results of all your hard work, but it's also ties back into the confidence we spoke about. Mm. If you don't feel like you're progressing and you're achieving anything, then it's really hard to stay confident when you're going to the gym. I think it's also hard. I mean, we usually like to get our, get our knickers in a twist talking about the word motivation, but I mean, it is, it is a real thing. It is hard to remain motivated and remain up and about if you feel like you're just banging your head against the wall. Motivation is definitely a real thing. Yeah, for sure. You just can't rely on it. 
that's the only thing we have an issue with. Don't rely on it, yeah. but it's definitely there. And it is really, really hard to keep that really good feeling about going to the gym that you're achieving something when you're not sure if you're achieving something. So spot on. Yeah, it's it's understandable why you would lose yeah. motivation. It's like, well, what am I doing here? Yeah. Because you you don't have any way to measure improvement. Yeah. And the thing is, I should say, when we talk about measuring improvement, it isn't in the form of weight training, improvement isn't just the weight must go up. No. In fact, that's usually the last thing you actually look for when it comes to measuring someone's improvement in the weights room. It can be improvements in posture Mm -hmm. that comes from structure. Improvements in range of motion. Yes. Improvements as well in your ability to assess yourself and go, oh, you know what? I can improve the movement here. Yeah. Or I can, you know, improve my posture, improve my range of motion, improve my grip, whatever it might be. When there's no structure, all these things, they're they're not part of the equation, Mm. are they? No. So with all that in mind, we've spoken about the doom and gloom. Let's get a bit more positive here and answer the question, well, okay, how do I actually add structure to my training? Because we want to make sure that you're listening it's not just us bleating on about negatives. Let's actually make this constructive and helpful. Yes. So, Courtney, where's the first place to start with adding structure to your training? Well, you start with how do you add structure to your training? Yeah, if you're going to add structure to your training, where do you start? Well, you start with weight training. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you actually have to do it first. Um, but you've got to decide once you decide and you commit to starting a weight training program, which by the way, you should, you should, um, then you've got to decide how many days a week can you consistently commit to. Mm. And I think consistently is the best word for it. Cause I think often when we go into a new program, we're really excited. We want to get results really fast. So we're going to throw ourselves into it, but consistency is key. There's no point throwing yourself in and developing a program for four days a week if you cannot make it to the gym past the first two weeks, four days a week. Golden rule, what is the best program? The one that you can stick to. Bingo. So when it comes to laying out, and we we do recommend starting with weight training when adding structure to this thing because this should be the cornerstone. Yes. Actually, it has to be the cornerstone. It is the most beneficial form of exercise there is if your goal is improved health, fat loss, functional strength, etc. Yes. But you're better off starting with less than more because it's easier to gradually ramp up a person's training than it is to cop the blow to the ego because you can't make it because you've overcommitted to a program you can't stick to. Yes. So what we generally do is we will usually start clients of ours on two sessions a week of weights in the gym, sometimes three. Again, there's no one-size-fits-all here. It will depend on the individual, their circumstances, their background, their exercise history, things like that. But a great place to start for the majority of people, regardless of experience level, is just start with two days because you can always bump it up from there if things go well. Yep. Right? And the thing is as well, like two weight sessions a week doesn't sound like much. No. However, if you are coming from the background of either not much experience with with exercise or and or not much experience with structured strength training, actual progressive overload strength training, two days a week of that will be a game changer. Mm-hmm. Well, you think back, Courtney, like when you first started doing weights with, with structure, and I think about the same thing with me as well, those beginner gains, the strength gains you get early on were just like, holy shit. Huge. You know? So don't, don't you might be sitting there or, or standing there thinking like two days a week, when you've got structure with your training, two days a week will, wow. Yeah. Will really improve things for Absolutely. you. And the thing is as well, Another reason why we start people on two a week for the most part is because you have to learn how to get the most out of the least. Mm. So why commit to you know four, five, six, seven days a week in the gym when you don't honestly know you're getting the most out of 
even just two. Mm. Once that's been established, well then, hey, we can, you know, you make adjustments from there. But the thing is, learning how to max out your performance on two sessions a week in the gym is going to be beyond helpful and prepare you for more if you want to go in that direction. Some people don't need to. Mm. I've, known, I've known plenty of people, plenty of clients that have had kick-ass results just hitting the gym and lifting twice a week. Like More isn't always better. Yeah. Right? So then once you've you know committed to, okay, this is how many days a week I'm going to be lifting, you then make the decision, well, okay, am I going to be doing full body or am I going to be doing dedicated days? Like, you know, upper, lower, or like when you first started courting, you know, push-pull legs. Yeah, separate them. Yeah. But like for most beginners that have had no experience in the gym, full body sessions are pretty damn good. Mm. But they won't last forever. No. As your experience levels build, eventually you want to split them up. Yeah. To help with improved performance, recovery, etc. But again... Pick something. Yeah, there's no right or wrong. You could still just do a lower body day and an upper body day yep, pick. if you're doing a two-day split. That's more than fine. And then, though, you've then decided, okay, I'm going to be doing you know upper, lower, or two full body sessions a week. Well, what exercises will I be doing? And what, in which order you're going to do them in. Now, that's a major part of the structure, the order. It's very underrated. I think when a lot of people start to go into this, I would have been the same back in the day. I would have thought there's no actual logic between the order you do them in. It might even just be based off what equipment's available at the time. Mm. But there is actually logic behind which order you do them in and it's not based on what piece of equipment at the gym is available at the time you get there. How do you find the order of exercise and the sequencing with weight stays affects things? Basically, you want your big compound movements first. So exercise one and two, basically. You want to front load your exercise with all of the hard, big compound movements. So what's a compound movement? Something like a squat. Or anything that uses more more than one joint at once. Yeah. Yeah. So multiple body parts are going, Mm. joints that are going into it. So for examples, might be a squat, might be a deadlift. Bench press. Might be a bench press. Lat pull down. Yep. So these are big, bigger solid movements using multiple joints, using multiple muscle groups. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the ones you want at the start of your program because because they're using the most amount of muscle groups and they are going to be the best bang for your buck. You don't want to be doing a whole bunch of small um, uh, accessory type of yeah. movements yep. before going into something like a deadlift or a squat because your muscles are going to be starting to fatigue You've already been into your workout quite a bit. You want to be getting that done at the start. When you've got the most energy yeah. to commit as well. So that's where, yeah, having the having the most complex movements up front is is really beneficial. But also one of the drawbacks to not adhering to a structured sequence of exercises is that it can affect your recovery. Mm. So just think about it. If, say, whatever exercise you're starting with, on leg day, say it's a a leg press, the amount of energy you've got in the tank to put into that, if you're doing it at the start versus the week after, doing it as your last exercise, apples to oranges. Yes. Comparison. Which then removes the ability to do a head-to-head, am I getting stronger at this exercise? Yeah. Because you're adding in too many variables there. So... Pick an order, whatever it might be, yep, and have a go at it. Now, Stick I should also, it. yeah, I should also mention like a bit of a public service announcement: barbells, dumbbells, machines, cables—they're like, all tremendous. They're all great. I'm not going to sit here and say like, "Oh, you've just got to use this or do that." Like, no, there's room for and scope for every piece of equipment in the gym. They've all got their place. Just pick and stick. Yeah. One of my favorite phrases with setting up a training program for someone, mate, pick and stick, and then assess. Yep. Now, question, Courtney, if we're talking about assessing, what's a good period of time to really assess a structured program over? Well, we go by 12 weeks. Yeah. So 12 weeks is a really good amount of time to really develop the skill of getting to the gym or develop the consistency of your plan. That habit. 
develop the habit of getting there, develop the skill of those particular exercises because it's going to take you some time to feel comfortable with those exercises. Some might come faster than others too. Correct. So I picked up probably the skill, quote-unquote skill, of lifting weights pretty quickly, but that didn't mean that it still came easily to me, but also it took me a long time to really feel like I was engaging the muscles that needed to be engaged. So just because you might be skillful and coordinated at lifting dumbbells doesn't necessarily mean that you've got the the skill yet of having your body react to that movement in the way it needs to. That is a great point. Your coordination when we first met took me by surprise, mm. but so often the question you would ask is, where am I supposed to feel it? Yeah. So it muscle is, that, that muscle connection yeah. and muscle activation can take quite a long time to develop. Yeah, absolutely. And I think muscle coordination is different from just general joint coordination. So yes, my elbows moved in the correct way and I could just do that, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I was feeling it and activating the muscles I needed to be activating. So there's a lot of skill that comes in lifting weights. So whether you feel like you're a coordinated person or not, it doesn't really matter because it's still going to take you time to get everything down uh, pat and feeling confident with all of those exercises. And also getting the most out of the movements. Yeah. And also 12 weeks is a really good time for a program because it's, a, it's enough time, as you said, Courtney, to just build the habit of going and yeah. build the habit of sticking to a routine. But it's also a good sample size to assess improvements. Strength, like, yeah. Here's an example. You might decide... As scary as this sounds, you know what? I'm going to get my phone out and I'm going to video record my exercises, a set of each exercise in week one, and I'm going to revisit it later on at week six and record them then, Yep. and then do the same thing at week 12 and do a head-to-head comparison. How do my squats look on week one of this program versus week 12? Yeah. It's not just, yes, you also assess how much am I lifting, how much weight am I doing on week one versus week 12? But how's it looking? How's the quality looking? How's my range of motion? How's my posture looking? How's my tempo, my control, my breathing? A really good head-to-head comparison could be done over such a, it's not a massive period of time, but a 12-week structured program is longer than most people would have any idea how to stick to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you then decide, well, okay, these are the exercises I'm going to be doing. How many sets am I going to be doing per exercise? Now, this is where as well, more isn't always better. If you are training and learning how to train with intensity, key word, actually pushing yourself as little as two hard working sets per exercise will be enough. Mm-hmm. Give a personal example. The, the majority of my weight training sessions are total between six to 10 actual sets per session doesn't sound like much but when you are pushing it and you are going for it yep and depending on the complexity of the exercises like that is hard you can do a leg day you'll attest to Courtney you can do a leg day that's just three exercises that is a fucking nightmare yep because all those three exercises can be just the shits Mm -hmm. so then after sets okay well how many reps am I going to do like, where, where, do, where do I start with reps? Well, pick and find out. So you might ask the question, Courtney, well, what's better, higher or lower reps? Answer, both. Yeah. Both have their place. Yeah. So higher reps are really, really good for developing coordination and just the, the, the quality of the movement. Really, really good if you're new to weight training. High reps are a great place to learn an exercise just through good old-fashioned repetition. Yeah, and you don't need to worry that you're not going to get benefit because you still will. Because remember, the weight is in relation to the amount of reps you're doing. So, of course, you're not going to lift as much if you're doing 15 reps as opposed to 5 reps. Mm. So there's there's always going to be a difference. It's always in comparison to... The amount, of, the amount of reps you're doing. So some people think that doing high reps is bad because they're not lifting a lot of weight, but they actually are in relation well, to mean, the weight. You're still doing a total to load. Reps. You're still yes. doing a total load. You're going to do a greater load with lower reps. Yeah. But and like we do both. 
Our clients do both. Our, our structured programs start with higher reps and finish on lower reps, which allow for the weight to go up. Yes. But also, to be fair, as the weight goes up, so does the risk of injury. Yes. Because you're putting, you're asking your body to move greater loads. So when you're first starting a program, and especially when you are new to the gym, high reps, the best place to start. Yeah. And then you can manipulate and adjust from there. So, Courtney, mm-hmm. once the weight stays are planned out, what's next? Cardio. Everyone's favourite. So we're talking about intense and less intense yes. days. So how do, we, how do we structure this? How do we structure this? Well, we, first off, we, we've mentioned in other podcasts, but just to make mention, the difference between in high-intense cardio and low-intense cardio is basically we always like to say low-intense cardio with things like going for a really long walk, bike ride, um, bike ride something a bit more leisurely, but you're still being active. And that's going to change for a lot of people. Someone who maybe is not very active at all, might be um, quite overweight, just the simple act of gardening might be low-intense cardio for them. Um, Although, to be fair, even for me, gardening is low-intense cardio because we've gardened here and it sucks. I hate gardening. Honestly. Oh, you like it when it's done? I get so sweaty and puffed just gardening at our place. Mm. So to be fair, I take that back. I think for anyone, depending on your garden, it could be low intense um, cardio for sure. But pretty much what we say is if you can hold a conversation while you're doing it, so you're getting out of breath but you're not getting too puffed to be able to hold a conversation, that would be low intense cardio. That is a great way to put it if you can hold a conversation. Yeah. Yeah, if you – if you are getting just so destroyed yeah, and your heart is just pounding and you know you can't speak to anyone, it's probably an intense cardio session. Correct. <laughs> but the point we're making here is though, just lay out, okay, this, these are the days I'm going to be doing weights. What might I be doing for cardio days? So like a real easy place to start for a lot of people, you might start with say aiming for a certain step count Yeah. on your days. You know, you might go, well, okay, and I've done this with myself. How create awareness how many steps am i averaging per day oh i'm only getting three thousand. i'm not doing much i might bump that up and aim for six per day and then just aim for that and just start there again pick and stick there's no right or wrong here one of the key things with creating a structure for yourself with your with your exercise don't think you have to get it right at the start you don't you just have to start yes It'll get right through refinement over time. Sound about right? Yes. Now, once you've established what sort of structure you're going to follow for yourself, execute it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing here, implement. Yeah. So implement and execute over a full 12 weeks and then assess. How do we assess? What's the best? What's the easiest way to assess? Record everything that you do be it in a, what, pen and paper, old-fashioned style, Courtney, just writing it down, handwritten. Yep. You can do it on your phone. Yeah, I've been doing it on my phone notes, for years. Yep, in your notes. notes. apps of your phone. Yep. It could be a notebook that you take to the gym with you like to a tra- write down. A training log or something like that, yep. training book. Yep. Um, it could be a particular app that you use to yep. store the information. It, there's lots of ways that you can do it, but the one way you don't want to do it is keeping it in your head. Oh. Because you will forget. No chance. You will not remember and you've got nothing to compare back to. So you need to have it written down somewhere. Can you imagine trying to remember the weights that we do just in our head? No. Was it 0.25 or 0.5 or 0.75? Was it seven reps, eight reps or nine reps? Like I would be – I couldn't tell you what I did this morning. No. Without having written it down in It's crazy. So definitely record it. So, again, pick a method of recording that's going to work for you. There's yes. no right or wrong here. Actually, there is a right or wrong. The wrong is not recording. Yes. How you do it. Doesn't what, matter. But it doesn't matter. I still see people at the gym, total respect, get out their, their pen and paper and record their training details in an exercise book. We've got trainer friends who still do it in an exercise book. Yep. Hey, go for gold. Yeah. Like, I've been doing it on my phone for years and then saves it into our app now. Whatever works. We know we've got a trainer friend who has all of hers 
for years. She's got them in a box where she can just pull out her old training logs. Yep. Mine are all on the computer. Yeah. But so whatever, whatever works. But the thing is, you can't properly assess unless you are documenting what you are doing in some form or fashion. Mm. And that's where I also recommended before, don't be afraid to get the videos out and record yourself every now and then in the gym. Yeah. Because you've got the numbers to compare to and you've got the visual to compare to and both together work really, really well. Yep. And what you'll find is that having a full documented 12-week approach gives you something to assess and then refine Mm. for the next 12-week program after that. I'm pretty confident saying, if you haven't done this before yourself, this sort of approach alone, just a structured approach, I think you find you'll make more progress in 12 weeks and you probably made the last few years combined. Yeah. Because I went through that myself. The first time I really went all out on a 12-week structured program, I literally tripled my deadlift. Mm. And I was already pretty strong. And it's just like, holy shit. Like, I could never do this previously. But it wasn't because I was incapable of doing it. It's because I didn't have the structure to allow me to achieve those improvements. Mm-hmm. And then after a good 12-week program, you can then start to think to yourself, well, okay, what could be possible if I stick with this for years to come? And I'll speak from a personal standpoint. Like, as I said before, I've been doing this now for nearly 20 years of structured training. I still am progressing. Mm. I'm still getting stronger. Even as I get older into my 40s, I'm still improving. Like, the word plateau doesn't exist when you have really good structure to your training. And that's actually, to me, one of the most liberating things that I've gone through and can share with other people is plateau, what's that? I think as well for me, one of my big things is not only that, is that I've been able to adjust my programming because I have the confidence in it to suit where I'm at in my life. Do tell. Well, if you're know if you going through something like um, physically, emotionally, I'm able to switch up my programming sometimes to match where I'm at and the confidence that I have where I don't have to then forego going to the gym. I don't have to not go or I don't have to take time off. I can adapt to my programming to suit where I'm at and I would never have had the confidence to do that. That's a really good point because you can then start to start to adapt based on other circumstances in your life. Like I know my, my training changes based on where I'm at with my karate. Yeah. So as I get closer to a, a grading, going for a new a new belt, I deliberately adjust my training because I know that my karate training will be ramping up. Yeah. You know, same thing if you know, like my last my last karate grading, I broke a toe. Mm. So you make adjustments on what you're doing because you've got to be flexible with that. And that's where the structure, as you've really sort of illustrated nicely, Courtney, gives you confidence. And empowerment to be able to do things yourself. As we talk about, you know, teaching a man to fish. Yeah. So to speak. Yep. I I know for me, and I'll let you speak for yourself here, Courtney, like forget the fact that I've gone I've gone through this and been been taught this professionally. Even before then I had structure. You take it with you. Those skills you take with you permanently. Yeah. They follow you wherever you go. And because you've still using the structure in those times, you're still able to progress. You're still able to see improvement and you're still able to look back and assess because you've still got structure. It might just be a slightly different structure to what you had before. So like what you said, Matt, you break your toe, it's going to slightly alter the structure of your of that 12-week program you're doing. Yeah. But it it's still progression. You're still able to make gains and you're still able to assess it because you've got the context of the way that you changed it up. Absolutely. So, and that's what, probably one more tip I would give. If you're going from one structured 12-week program to another, the best tip, one of the best tips I can give here is don't change too much mm. because you have a really, really good improvement or, you know, unfortunately, a bit of a drop-off and you've made so many different changes, you won't know which is the one that did it. Yeah. Yep. The, less, the less things you change, the less variables there are, the easier it is to pinpoint what worked and what didn't. Yeah, and, it, and it's even easier just to continue to grow that confidence in what you're doing and going to the gym and feeling um, like you're you're really getting good at the skill of, of weightlifting. Well, speaking of that, you think about it. 
like you and I, have been doing either the same exercises or variations of for years. Well, you brought up my original program before. That's not far off to my current program. No, it's really not far off. It's really damn close, isn't it? So, yeah, um, yeah clearly not much has changed for me at all. So, Except for the fact that you've gotten stronger and yes. look what it's done for you yes. in your own life. That's one of the important things as well as to consider. Like the gym is a tool. Mm-hmm. Training is a tool. Like you might think to yourself, oh, the, this all sounds boring. I'll tell you what's boring, going to the gym not knowing if it's going to be working or not. That is fucking boring. Yes. Yes. So I'll happily cop to the fact that I've been doing the same shit for literally decades. But what it does to you outside the gym, let alone what it does to you inside the gym, but just the way it benefits you, like I, I can't speak to it enough. So I think we've come to the end of it here, Courtney. Anything else you'd like to add before we sign off? No, I think we've uh, we've covered it. I think we've done a good job here. Yep. Like high five to us. Proud of us. Oh, me too. <laughs> yeah. Good on us. Well, thanks for listening. I hope that you are now inspired to go and create your 12-week program. Well, I'll tell you what. If you are in- intending on implementing what we've spoken about here, share it. Yeah. You know, you know it's a good place to share it? In our Facebook group. <gasps> How do you know that was coming? It's uh, what we talk about every episode. So the Weight Loss Podcast on Facebook, you will find a link to it in your podcast app. Just open it up, go to the episode, and voila, there it is. You can private message us or you can also email us. Our email address is podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. Nailed it, as you so often do. So thank you for joining us. Obviously, we hope this has been of some benefit. Courtney, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Good to see you. Good to see you too. (laughs) And we will speak to you next week. Bye. Are you ready to share your success? Head over to our website for full access to our show notes, resources based on today's topic, and links to our Facebook group so you can share your story with our hosts and many others out there who are looking to achieve and maintain their health and fitness goals. You can find all that and more exclusively at theweightlosspodcast.com. 